This week on Double-Edged Sword, cutting to the heart of a deceptive culture, Father Gail Hammerschmidt talks about building a church while building the church. Father Gail is the pastor of St. Isidore's Catholic Church and Student Center in Manhattan. On January 28, 2023, the new St. Isidore's Church was dedicated. This show was first aired on December 1, 2022. Divine Mercy Radio's on-air host, Kelly Roper, conducts the interview. But by way of introduction, after teaching for a number of years, Father Gail Hammerschmidt received a calling to enter the seminary. He was ordained a priest in 2012 and served in three parishes before becoming the pastor or chap- pastor chaplain at St. Robert Bellarmine Parish St. Isidore Catholic Student Center in Manhattan. Um, he has served as co-vocations director for the Diocese of Salina, and in 2013, Father Gail received the Lumen Christi Award from Catholic Extension for Founding Prayer and Action. So thank you for, for being here with us. Thank you for all the, the wonderful things that, that you're doing. All right, so Father, tell us what you mean by building the church while building the church. Right, right. And so... Uh, I probably, when I was giving my topic, and I, I probably mistyped, I was thinking I was the title of building a church while building the church. Okay. Uh, nonetheless, building the church, building a church. I, the reality is that, you know, I, I come on this uh, carathon about every six months, and, and I'm always coming up with new topics to, to talk about, and trying to, to determine what, I, what it is that I have something to say uh, and what kind of topics I have something to, to speak on. And to be real honest with you, much of the last five and a half years of my life have been focused upon building uh, the new saint Isidore's. And so for those who are listening who have no idea about, about who I am or about what St. Isidore's is, St. Isidore's is the, the Catholic Student Center here at Kansas State University, uh, the student center that I would have attended when I was in college and even when I was teaching school here in Manhattan. I would have come to St. Isidore's many times. And it was always too small. It was simply too small. For the past two or three decades, it has simply been too small. Uh, much of that has to do with the, just the, the ministry and uh, the love that Father Keith Weber had for Kansas State students, the Student Center here, St. Isidore's, just became incredibly popular amongst Kansas State students. And so when I I arrived, it was pretty obvious to me that we needed a new church. It had been obvious to everybody around here for, as I say, two or three decades. And so they, they looked me in the eyes and said, what do you think? Can we do this? And I said, I don't know. I have no idea if we can do this or not, but uh, the only way we're going to find out is if we, if we try. And so, with that being said, uh, really, honestly, I, I started at St. Isidore's in the summer of 2017, and now we're approaching the end of, of 2022. We're talking five and a half years, and it's been really not maybe the, the most important thing to me, but always roaming around the top five most important things that I do is, is trying to build an actual building uh, to, to raise money, to come up with a design, to talk with students, to talk with our, our permanent community members, 
and saying, you know, what is it that we need if we actually make this church bigger? What is it that would be uh, the desire and, and, and the right thing to do? You know, I, I had to take it to prayer as well. What, how should we build this church? What's the important aspects of building this church? And then at the same time, at the same time, the question would be, and then how do I make sure that building a building where we will one day hold Mass will not distract me from my primary vocation as a priest, mm. which is building up the Church in the hearts and the lives of, of those I've been called to minister to. And, and so when I say building the Church, the, the second building the Church with a capital C, I'm talking about the, the students I work with, the the, the permanent community members, primarily the, the students. I'm, I'm here primarily for those who come to K-State. And, and a, a follow-up question with that is, how do I uh, then build up within the lives of these students that come to K-State for four years or five years? How do I build up within their lives, within the lives of those students? How do I then send them out to other places throughout our diocese, diocese of Dodge City, throughout Kansas and even beyond? to build up the church in their own respective homes and parishes. And so that when we talk about building the church, we're talking about the actual church within the hearts of, of all people. When we're talking about building a church, the Lower Sea Church, uh, we're talking about just this, this building that, uh, in fact, right before I, I hopped online with you, I, uh, I was in the, in the church making some, some of these final decisions. We're two months away, two months away from opening up the church, and, and so it's uh, just something that's definitely in the middle of, of my existence, center of my mind, and I thought it would be a fun thing to talk about today. Oh, so good. And, and, and so tell us a little bit about, about the church and, and, you know, what you're actually building. I, obviously, it's bigger, right? Because, um, you know, you're doing it because what you had was, was too small. So talk about, you know, the actual building itself, um, the church, the building, and how it's also affecting the church, the people who are, are a part of this whole process. Right. That's it. I, I appreciate you asking that question, uh, you know, and I'll, I'll come back to the way it's affecting the people, but just know that for the last near two years, as since the time we tore down the previous church, uh, our students have been so very faithful in coming to Mass and, and sitting in uh, what's, what's ultimately a parish hall, kind of a cafeteria-style setting, we have a, a soda machine right in the heart of it. Our, mm. our, the Aquafina, it says, on the side of that mm. pop machine. And uh, we call it the Aquafina Chapel, where we can sit 200 chairs. And, and these students are so faithful at 9 o'clock each night coming to Mass and kneeling on this hard tile floor for nearly two years. Mm. And so the, the students are amazing. On, on Sundays, we go across the street onto campus to the uh, Alumni Center here at Kansas State where it's a much bigger space. You can sit 500, 600 people in the Alumni Center. And so on Sundays, we need to have Mass there. But on, on da daily Mass, we have it over here at the uh, the, the Newman Hall, the, the name of the, the hall. And so the students have been resilient. They've been amazing, truly, truly amazing. But the church we're building will be uh, approximately twice as large as, as the previous church. 
the previous church's capacity. When I talked to the architects who would actually get tape measures out and, and measure the size of the old pews and how many inches per person you should have, you know, to consider it a, a place to be seated. They said the old church seated about 350 to 400 people. This new church will seat 650 to 700 wow. people. And, uh, you know, so we, we hope that it's big enough, but we also hope that it's not so big that people will feel lost when coming to Mass. We like the idea of this kind of close-knit, uh, unified family feel all packing in a church, and we, we feel like this is going to be the appropriate size. Um, the, the, the church itself, interestingly enough, it's um, it's a pretty traditional-looking church. When we first jumped on board with a particular architect, we hired a guy by the name of Kevin Clark. And Kevin, is his specialty is working with Catholic architecture. He's, he's especially skilled in building uh, student centers. He maybe 10 years ago, uh, was the kind of the lead architect at the St. Thomas uh, Catholic University Center at the University of Lincoln in Nebraska, and Kevin's a, a Lincoln, Nebraska guy. And so he came down last, probably five years ago, and started talking with our students, interviewing anybody who would talk to him, holding a tremendous amount of meetings and asking what is it that we should do? What, how, what kind of a church should we build? And primarily, the students said, we want our church to look like a church. We want our church to look like a church. And that's coming on the heels of maybe the last five to six decades, where churches took on a lot of, of, of different looks, and you kind of have your more modern style here. And, and, and it was just kind of a maybe a belief that yeah, we don't need the traditional style anymore. It's kind of a of an age gone by that, that there's not that much interest in building things now the way we used to build things in the past. But strangely enough, for for twenty year olds, they they say otherwise. They say no, 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 no. Um, we want our church to look like the churches we see in Ellis County, the churches we see maybe in our our old German communities, wherever they come from, the churches we see online or the churches we visit when we go to Europe. We want our church to look like a church. They were committed to the cruciform shape. They were committed to, um, yeah, just just having a beautiful sanctuary with uh, just kind of the, the traditional mm-hmm. feel. Uh, and and so it was, it was overwhelming, the, the majority of students who would have said that. Probably 98% of the students we interviewed would have said something like that. Mm. And so an interesting concept, you know, sometimes people would ask the question, well, why, why is that? Why would this be the desire, perhaps, of, of students? And, and uh, I'd heard an explanation one time that I thought to be true, to be uh, uh, probably the best explanation, is that we now live in a world where everything changes. Everything changes all the time. In fact, their whole world changes when the next new iPhone comes out. <laughs> and, and there's something of the human spirit that longs for consistency. And the church, and all of its tradition, and all of its, its teachings, is something that can be steady in a world that's very unsteady. 
And so they say, we want our church to look like Grandpa's church, Mm. which looked like his grandfather's church, which looked like, you know, the churches of the 1200s, which looked like the churches of the, you know, the 900s. And so a a phenomenal thing, right? A phenomenal thing. Mm. And uh, this this yearning for something that's steady, that's steady, that's constant. And so this is, is why we ended up building it as we have decided to build it. Anybody who wants to get a, a look as to what we are doing, um, it's not too hard to find at stisadors.com. They will probably, stisadors.com, if you, if you go to stisadors.com, you can scroll to the bottom. You can see photos that we've posted on Instagram. Wildcat Catholic is our, our handle or whatever we would call it on, on Instagram. We have a, a pretty popular Facebook page, St. Isidore's Catholic Student Center. You can find uh, photos, really, in many different places of, of this, which we are, we are building. And, um, yeah, we're, we're so excited. We're so excited. We uh, have spent a lot of money. <laughs> we, we were blessed to be able to raise a lot of money. Mm. Uh, we were able to raise a lot more money than most people told me we could raise. Mm. And I think the reason we were able to raise the money to build this church is because people believe in the mission of college ministry. They recognize that if we do things well here, we'll pay dividends within parishes and and communities really throughout Kansas and even beyond. There's a funny story I can tell. I won't use the name of the community. Uh Uh, We'll just call it something like... um, why don't we just call it Kansasville? <laughs> I was traveling to Kansasville for a, I was doing a wedding, and I was talking with one of the the people in in that community that that's uh, yeah been blessed to have some financial means, and somebody else from that community at the wedding saw me talking to him, knowing that I'm raising money for St. Isidore's, and this member of that community said, "Listen, Father, Kansasville money stays in Kansasville." That's what he told me. And he didn't like that I was talking to to one of the wealthy people from his community. And I just simply responded by saying, listen, an investment in St. Isidore's is an investment in Kansasville. (laughs) And I believe that to be true, because because students come here for four years, and we want to inspire them to love the church, meaning the, the capital C church and everything that it entails. But one of the ways we can do that is by building a beautiful church, a beautiful church building a temple where they can come and worship and experience the Mass and all of its glory. And, and when, when their hearts are captivated by beauty, then they want to spread that. They want to take it to everybody they know. They want to evangelize. They want to speak of the goodness of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, and all that He has done for us. And, and this is just a part of it. This is just a part of it, a small part of it, having a beautiful building that draws people in. And uh, I think that people wanted to support that mission. And so many people, many, many people, I think the number was something around 1,477 individual donors or, or, or families, couples, however you would put it, made a, a financial gift to this campaign, the Home Away From Home campaign, uh, to help us raise the, the millions of dollars we needed to build the church that, that we've built. And we're so, so grateful. I, I, I don't remember the exact number of states, but I think we've had contributions from something like near 30 different states. Oh, wow. 
within the United States come in for St. Isidore's. We're, we're blessed to have a strong alumni base. We're blessed to have a, a database that has been able to keep track of many of these people. When we reached out with our desire to build this church, they've really jumped on board. And, and I'm, I'm the most blessed man on earth because of the support I've received from so many people around me. That makes me smile, Father. It makes my heart happy when I hear that because you, you are, you know, I've met you once and, and uh, you know, you've been on the air with Catholic Radio many times um, and, you know, just... Well, come on out to, come on out to Manhattan. I, you know, I, I should actually, you know, I don't know if you remember coming to Wichita, but it was because my son who was at K-State recommended yeah. you as a guest. And, and, uh, so, you know, I know you're doing good things. So it makes my heart happy that, that, uh, you've had such a, a generous response to, to this whole project and that you'll be able to pass it on. And you are absolutely right that, you know, when they give to, to this beautiful parish, you know, they're giving to their own community as well, because they're son or daughter is going to come back and there are going to be many from Kansasville or wherever it is that, that comes and learns and, and is refreshed and then can take it back to their own community. So, you know, it just, it really does make my heart happy. We need to go to a break right now, but don't change that dial. We'll be right back with more about building a church while building the church. We're back on Double-Edged Sword, Cutting to the Heart of a Deceptive Culture. Building a church while building the church with Father Gail Hammerschmidt. Kelly Roper conducts the interview. We are talking with Father Gail Hammerschmidt, talking about building a church while building the church. And uh, so we are we are grateful for all that he is sharing with us about this beautiful church. You can go to, I think he said, stisadors.com. Yeah, stisadors.com. And when I say that, it's just S-T-I-S-I-D-O-R-E-S.com. Excellent. You can see pictures. And I think yeah, scroll down to the very bottom. You can kind of see some of the things we've been posting on, on Instagram lately. But uh, some beautiful pictures also on, on Facebook if you go to St. Isidore's Catholic Student Center Excellent. or on Instagram at, at Wildcat Catholic. Nice. Very, very nice. All right, so, Father, where are we going now? I... Yeah, so I would like to actually just talk a little bit about this, which you're doing, which is something that I've learned in, in building the church, which is just the generosity of, of people. And, and the desire that we all have within our hearts to actually make something beautiful, right? Yeah. And so what I, I love coming on, you know, I, it's, it's a weird thing. It's a weird thing, uh, raising money mm. <laughs> um, and, and asking people for money. I, I don't know that I'm the kind of guy, I mean, I'm a, I'm a German from Ellis County, and so I'm not the kind of guy that's going to enjoy asking for handouts, if you will. Uh, I'd like to take care of myself. I would rather not have to ask people for money. But yet, these last five and a half years, one of the things that I have had to do over and over and over again is say, hey, how would you like to give this project I'm working on? 
How would you like to give a contribution to this project? How would you like mm-hmm. to contribute to it? And, and the wildest thing uh, surprised me more than you would ever imagine is that people have been honored that I've asked. Mm-hmm. And, and if, if you have something that you believe in, people want to be a part of that. Yeah. You know, they, they want to be a part of something that matters. And, and we know that nothing matters more than our Catholic faith yeah. and passing that faith along to others. I, I joke around a lot, and I say things like, let's be honest, how many big screen TVs do we really need? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and, and we, we look even within our own homes, and we say, like, oh, my Lord, how many big screen TVs do I have? And, and a big screen TV obviously can just be analogous to, to whatever it is that, that we find ourselves getting really wrapped up in in regards to our, our material, material possessions. And it was just very, very humbling for me. It was primarily uh, the year 2019 that I hit the road. I, I spent almost that entire year, at least once a week, on the road, giving presentations about the new church, speaking to anybody who would listen, uh, and asking if they would support this mission. All we had was a dream. We had some images, kind of sketches, and computer-generated images. So we think, folks, we think we could build something like this, and here's why we think it matters. Mm. Because if we can build something beautiful, it'll touch the hearts of young Catholics. Young Catholics will fall in love in a deep way with the love of Jesus Christ, and they will want to make that the center of their life and the center of the lives of those they are surrounded with, surrounded by. And and I don't know, maybe I'm just a good salesman. I don't think that to be true. I think that just that which I was selling matters so much that people were happy to, to contribute. Yeah. And so, to be honest, I, we started, I was blessed when I, I showed up, there was something like $7 million already raised. Wow. There have been a couple of other... Uh, attempts to maybe expand the church, to, to maybe rebuild, and and neither of the, the projects kind of really got up and going, but they were able to raise some money, and they, they invested some of that money well. And so there was, there was a nice lump sum of money that was there waiting for me. Uh, we said, but if we're going to pull this off, how much more money do we need? At least $12 million more. Yeah. We ended up raising something like fifteen million more wow. to be able to, to to do this, and and then also to put some of it in endowments, so as to then support the ministries that will be held here at Saint Isidore's. And the generosity of people blows me away. And as they're handing me their contributions, their payments toward this campaign, they're thanking me. Mm. Thank you for inviting me to be a part of something that matters. Mm. Mm. And it's humbling. It's humbling for me to hear that. Uh, it allows me to have a deep, deep trust in the Lord. What's a, the the topic? I have a question for you. The topic for this whole week is tell me. Tell me what the topic is. I usually know, surrender. but I don't know right yeah, now. Yeah, it's surrender. That's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. I saw the hashtag surrender on one of your posts, and and that's there's some of that 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 took place in my life over these last five and a half years, yeah. uh, I remember first getting here, and I knew, I kind of knew, in the back of my mind, I kind of knew, like, this might be on my shoulders to build a new church, but I didn't think about it a lot. I didn't want to think about it a lot. Mm. When I got here, there's a gentleman by the name of Jack Peterson. 
Jack Peterson was the driving force behind this project for probably nearly 20 years. Mm. And that $7 million was waiting for me is in large part because of him and a couple other gentlemen and, and, and women who had just supported this so tremendously. And Jack looks at me the first time I meet him. Well, the first time I, I'd met him a couple times prior, but the first time that he and I met after I became pastor here. And he looks me in the eyes and he says, when are we going to build this church? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I said, Jack, give me six months. I was trying to buy some time. Yeah. Let me get my feet underneath me here. Let me figure out where the light switches are in the current church before we tear it down and start building a new church. Yeah. And there's a, some, some fear in my heart. Yeah. I, I don't want to do this. Yeah. It seems like a lot of work. It seems like a lot of decisions to make. There's some joy, some excitement, but there's also a lot of fear. And, and I had to surrender all of it. I said, okay, God, if, if this is what you desire, then let's go. Let's do it. And uh, we've even had two bishops since we began. We started under Bishop Weisenberger, and Bishop Weisenberger was very much in favor of this. And as we we're just starting to get things rolling, uh, he was pulled away from us, sent to Tucson. We had to put the brakes on. We had a, whatever the nine-month period or whatever it was from the time he was announced to have left before Bishop Binky got here. We weren't even sure if the next bishop was going to show up and say, yeah, thumbs up, let's keep going. Yeah. And so we put the brakes on. We kept talking about it. We kept telling people, hey, here's our hope. Here's what we hope to do. But we have to surrender all of this because the next bishop might come and say no. And if that's the case, then we won't actually start collecting money or asking you for money. But there's a good chance he'll say yes, and if he does, We'll be back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll be back. So start saving, friend. And uh, and it's just it's worked. It's worked. We we've, we've surrendered so much, mm. and it's it's worked. We, we talk about the importance of, of beauty, and uh, the Lord has allowed us to to encounter beauty. Beauty that comes from the the generosity of our of our benefactors. The beauty that this church will contain, it's going to be a beautiful church. It really will be. Uh, I owe so much of that to the, the vision of, of Kevin Clark and Clark Architects, Bruce McMillan Architects. We have two different architect firms. Bruce McMillan's architecture firm is here in Manhattan, who has been amazing with uh, helping us work through the city and all of the different codes and, and how that works, how, how building a building works within the heart of a city that has city restrictions and laws. And uh, and, and so a lot of surrender, mm-hmm. but at the heart of it, there's been a tremendous amount of, of beauty as well. In fact, my last three or four months has consisted of me just every day going into that church and generally taking people with me. People pop their head into the church and say, Father, any chance we can we can get in and look at it? And sometimes I have to say no. A lot of times I have to say no. There's just too much construction going on, and, and the contractors have said, please don't bring anybody in today or tomorrow or this week. Yeah. But every now and again, the answer is yes, I get to take people in. Yeah. And, and every step of the way has been amazing. Uh, every day is exciting because I see something new that is tremendously beautiful, and what a blessing. In fact, just the other day, I, I took a, a gentleman in there. He's, I don't know, maybe 5'10", maybe 20 years older than me, probably 10. And it was amazing. He, he broke down in tears mm. seeing it mm. because of the beauty. And, and beauty matters. Beauty inspires. Beauty inspires. Yeah. Um, 
And, and, and every dollar that's given to make this world a more beautiful place is not a dollar wasted. Yeah. And that's what we want to do. We want to make sure that, that when somebody comes in to this church, their, their hearts are captivated. I, I think that many times we as Catholics are critiqued in the fact that we build beautiful churches. Okay, yeah. this is just something that for centuries we have done. And um, and so even in, in the last five and a half years, as we were considering what we were going to do to build the new St. Isidore's, uh, and the question would be, well, okay, so how beautiful are, are we going to make it? How expensive will it be? These are all very important questions. And the one story that just continued to come to my mind is a story that I'd heard, oh, shoot, I don't even know how many years ago, but it was a story of of, of someone, you know, again, with their critique of the Catholic Church and standing outside of a, a beautiful basilica in a, a large city. And, and basically, as somebody had walked out of the church, this, this gentleman who was critiquing Catholics and Catholicism and our desire for beauty and beautiful churches by saying, look around here, look at all of the poor people that exist in this, you know, inner city where you have spent so much money on this church? Do you feel ashamed of yourself that you have spent so much money building a big, large, beautiful church when there are still homeless and, and hungry people around? And, and again, this is continually the critique. Sometimes when we post things on social media and people can comment, we will receive comments as such. <laughs> but the response that happened in the midst of that story that I tell as the, the he who was critiquing the, the Catholic who had walked out of the Basilica, a third person walked up and started listening to the, the conversation. This third person was actually a, a homeless man, mm. a homeless man who happened to be passing along the way, stopped and, and listened. And he said, if you don't mind me interrupting for, for one second, he said, it is true, I'm, I'm very poor and I'm, I'm homeless, but every day I walk past this basilica, and every day I go up these steps and I enter the basilica and spend 10 to 15 minutes sitting in this beautiful, beautiful space. And in that 10 to 15 minutes, I find hope, because I'm caught up into the glory of a God that I believe in, that leads me to a place that is far better than this place here. And then he turns to the one who is giving the critique, and he said, excuse me, I'm trying to figure out again why it is that you want to take this away from me. I just found that to be so powerful, so, so powerful. You know, yes, indeed, we need to serve the poor. We need to feed the hungry. All of the corporal works of mercy need to be an important component of who we are as a church. But that doesn't mean that we're not called to beauty. Mm-hmm. to build beautiful things. And when, when someone builds a church in order to build the church, it's important that as we walk into a church, our hearts and our minds are raised to the glory of God yeah. and that which lies beyond in heaven. Yeah. And, and that's what the church has been trying to do for centuries. It's what we're trying to do here at St. Isidore's. And it's a gift not only to those who have helped contribute toward it, but to everyone. Even the people who can't afford to help contribute, they now get to walk in. And this is going to be a gift to the entire 
University of Kansas State. I've said it again and again every time I'm interviewed by somebody at the university. That once this church is done, we invite all students at Kansas State to just come in. Yeah. You're going to need a place to find silence. Yeah. And you're going to desire a place of beauty. Yeah. You're going to have some rough days. You're going to have problems with your roommates. You're going to have problems with your family, maybe with your boyfriend or your girlfriend. You're going to have professors that are being overly harsh. You're going to have tough days here at Kansas State. You don't have to be Catholic to walk into this church to find silence, to ask the important questions of God, and to encounter beauty. And that's what we're we're striving for here. Now, at the same time, and I'll say this, is that since I've arrived here, we've also begun a particular ministry to feed those who are are hungry. Yeah. In fact, just last night, I stood out in the cold and I handed out, helped hand out. I was, I'm, I'm the guy that directs traffic generally, <laughs> but we handed out some 550 meals. Wow. And every Wednesday we do this. Yeah. Uh, we have a, a combination with a, the, the university and the housing and dining facilities, and we pay for the food that, that they prepare and we hand it out to, to students who just might need a little bit extra help. Mm. And we get a lot of our international students coming through, and they're just so very grateful that they can get this really nice meal on Wednesday and then a, a sack kind of breakfast, a bag of breakfast for the next day, and just week after week after week. And so just because we're building something beautiful and we're spending a lot of money in doing that, it doesn't mean that we don't care about those who are in in need and and it's possible to do both to do both yeah. it doesn't have to be one or the other it's a kind of a catholic principle right it's a both and it doesn't have to be one or the other right and so we're we're so grateful that we have the capacity to do to do that as as well yeah. um I, I wanted to also touch back upon um, something else that that I've experienced here in the last 5 years uh that same gentleman that I brought up earlier, Jack Peterson. Jack Peterson was the president of our, our foundation, the, the St. Isidore's Kansas State Newman Foundation. It's the, kind of the foundation that was holding on to and, and just kind of protecting and investing the money that had been contributed with the hopes of building a church. Jack had been the president for, for many years. And, and again, he was the, the gentleman that looked me in the eyes and said, on my the first encounter with him after I became pastor, all right, Father Gail, mm-hmm. when we build in this church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, an interesting thing in the, these last five years, uh, our friend Jack, he, uh, well, he, he, he developed cancer mm. and eventually died. Jack, Jack died now, uh, shoot, more than a, a year ago. Mm. And... Um, we, we have a plaque we have uh, with his face on it here, and we're calling it the, the house that Jack built, mm. the house that Jack built. Mm. And we're so sad, so sad that he wasn't here to be able to see the completion of this project yeah. that he started, but yet we know that he is here. We know that he is smiling upon us, and, 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 and we have that great, great trust that that's the, the reality that we live in. But the story that I wanted to tell in regards to Jack is that... Um, here, a number of, of months ago, just at the beginning of this, this semester, we held something called Jack Peterson Day here at St. Azores, and we invited those who knew Jack. Um, Jack was 
instrumental in a, a number of different uh, communities here in the Manhattan area and with Kansas State. And we just invited everybody to, to come and look at least at the student center portion uh, that had been renovated. And we spent some four and a half or five million dollars in renovating our, our student center and then, you know, the other whatever amounts of money in, in building the church. But the church wasn't done, but we at least wanted people to see the student center that was complete. And we held Jack Peterson Day. We, we talked about Jack and, and uh, the people who knew him and loved him came. Uh, but so did his his family. Jack was a, a gentleman that never married. He didn't have his own children, but he had some siblings, and he had nieces and nephews. And strangely enough, it was just a family that had grown distant from each other. Uh, some of the cousins who came to Jack Peterson Day, they met each other for the first time that day, met each other for the first time that day. And... Uh, it was a beautiful day, a beautiful day. It's when we kind of unveiled that plaque and that, that, that reads the house that Jack built. Uh, mm. I got an email recently from Jack's sister, Mary, and she made mention of the fact that since Jack Peterson Day, that uh, the cousins and the family have stayed in touch, have communicated in ways that they'd never communicated prior. And something beautiful was built because of this, which Jack built. Uh, and I just yeah. find that to be exactly what, I, what I'm talking about here. When I say, okay, we're, we're, we're coming together, we're drawn together for a particular mission, which is the building of a building, a temple, a church, where we can have the holy sacrifice of the Mass. But in doing so, people are being drawn together. People are coming together. And those those 1,470-some donors can encounter each other at a, at a football game and, and maybe they, they find out, oh, so you also support St. Azores. And there's something of that that draws us all together that truly builds the church, which I think Jesus desired for us to be a part of here on this mm. earth, a community, a communion, a communion, mm. the body of Christ. And uh, in ways that I would have never, ever imagined, the building of this, the new St. Isidore's, uh, has helped contribute to the building of the, the wider and the broader church. Yeah. I've made so many friends along the way, people I would have never, ever have encountered, but because of this project and, and me hitting the road and traveling with the team that's been around me, my life is, has become all the better because of it. And, and uh, my circle of, of trusted friends has become ever more uh, wide. The team that we have assembled, it was not me who assembled it, it was clearly the Holy Spirit. You know, I, I should throw a bunch of names that I, I, I mentioned, the architects, Bruce McMillan and Kevin Clark and their teams, uh, a gentleman by the name of Dr. Doug Hinken, who's very much a part of the Salina of Diocese and sits on com committees at the diocese. He's our, our owner's rep or our, kind of our building committee president. Uh, what an incredible hmm. amount of work he has done to make this everything it is. I, I open emails that are very important emails, and if I see that, that Doug Hinkins' name is also on that email, I know that I don't need to spend all of my day reading through it, but I can go out and be amongst the students doing what I'm really called to do, which is 
spreading the word of God to these kids that, that come in into the halls here of St. Azores, knowing that, that, that Doug Hinkin, my, my president of my building committee, is taking care of those things so I, so I don't have to. Yeah. BHS uh, contractors, the construction company, incredible, 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 all of the different subcontractors who help to, to, to do this. It's, it blows my mind how much goes into something like this. I would have never known my, my appreciation of construction science has expanded exponentially. These are brilliant, brilliant people doing these sorts of things. And my life is so much better because I've had the opportunity to build a church while building that church. Wow. wow. <laughs> what, kind of, what, what, what are you intrigued by? What, what, in these last minutes, is there anything I can uh, answer that, that you're... Yeah, still wondering. You know, no, I, I, I am, I am totally in amazement. When you were talking about, you know, the the poor and feeding the hungry and all of that, and the importance of the the beauty, it reminded me of a a Catholic radio station that the the person who started it really felt this calling to feed feed the the poor. That was her that was her calling. She you know, she retired from from banking and she had this calling to feed the poor, but yet it wasn't coming together for her and she said finally somebody said, well, it could be the poor in spirit, the spiritually poor. And she ended up starting a Catholic radio station. And I think that's true, and it fits exactly with your story that, that you know, we do want to experience the beauty. And so you're feeding the spiritually poor through your beautiful church that, that people can come to, Catholic or not Catholic, and really find that peace. We're feeding the spiritually poor through Catholic Radio, and so we are so incredibly blessed, both of us, you know, Catholic Radio and St. Isidore's, so blessed to have so many people that are that are linking arms and, and making this happen, and sometimes we just have to get out of our own selves and really think about, you know, the, the, the you know, the greater, the greater good that, that God is working towards and what, and what is the purpose for that. And, and so I really commend you for what you're doing there at, at uh, K-State with, with the, the St. Isidore's. Okay, yeah, so uh, maybe two things that I would like to just conclude with, uh, and one of those is simply this, is that we're building this beautiful church, but we tell our students all the time, that, yes, we want you to come, but we also want you to leave. <laughs> we talk about our student center as a home away from home, but we very intentionally did not include showers anywhere within our complex because I believe that if we had showers, these students may never leave. They may never honestly leave because they love it here so much. And that's great. And that's what we want. But we also want them to, to go. In fact, right, I mean, the math itself, the Ite Misa S, yeah. meaning now go, go forth, is, is what we need them to do. So, so we view St. Isidore's as a, a touch of a fueling station yeah. where you can come and have your, your spirit filled because of the community that you, that you surround yourself with here, the people who have shared beliefs, the people who can see truth just a little bit more clearly than, than most of the world sees the truth of Jesus Christ, and to be built up, yeah. to be given strength, to be given courage, but then to go out into into the world yeah. and to, to spread the good news, to, to evangelize. Yeah. 
and and really to to leave K State to go to whatever town it might be that they will eventually make their home and to have taken a piece of us with them. And so we see it as, as a fueling station. We do, indeed, mm-hmm. a spiritual fueling station. Yeah. Uh, and then the final thing that I would, I would like to talk about is, is just an apology that I have to, to so many people that would desire to be a part of that opening day, uh, the 28th mm-hmm. of, of January, which will be when we open the doors, mm-hmm. that um, you know we, we are going to have a 700-seat church and there's a lot of people, a lot of people that would love to be a part of this dedication. Mm. Uh, even even yesterday, one of my favorite students, a senior, she came up to me and she basically said, Father, listen, it's my class, my class, my senior class. And we've we've been through the old church, through the tearing down of the old church, through all of these months of kneeling upon the, the tile floor. Is there any chance that that I can get an invitation to this dedication. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't think it's going to happen. Just yeah. because where do I draw the line? Because for every one of you, you know, there's there's so many others that are in the very same boat that you're in. And mm-hmm. so for the students, what we're, we're hoping to do is, is and, and Bishop Binky will be here for the dedication uh, at 1 o'clock on the 28th, um, and then he's going to stick around. He's going to say a particular special kind of first Sunday Mass at 8 o'clock on that Saturday night for students and the recent grads, those who had experienced construction in the old church and the tearing down of the old church. And and uh, it's going to be a delightful and incredible day, incredible day. Mm-hmm. And then on the 29th, the next day, uh, myself and Father Matt, my associate, will be celebrating some Masses for the first time as the main celebrants in this new church. And and we absolutely invite whoever wants to come to Manhattan on, on the 29th or in those weeks following to come and, and get an experience of the new St. Isidore's. Uh, the dedication mass itself, um, you, know, you know, people like to critique. People do. And uh, had to be an invitation-only thing. I mean, if you think about it with uh, 1,400, 1,500 donors, and at least, you know, maybe two-thirds of them are, are married couples, and so that puts us at 2,500 people who have contributed yeah. to the building of this church, and, and many of them would have children, and, and then we're going to be fitting in, you know, some priests and some bishops and some <laughs> seminarians, and, and um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's big, yeah. but it's not big enough to, to be able to allow everybody that wants to come to the dedication that can to there, actually come. Is there a way to stream it somewhere else, right, and, and then have yeah, a big we, reception? Yeah, we most definitely, yeah. we most definitely will be be streaming it it'll be on on facebook i think the diocese of salina will be streaming it we obviously will be streaming it on our uh, wildly popular facebook page if you're not a part of the saint isidore's facebook page go ahead and and jump on that Uh, we stream our sunday masses uh, for those especially for those who are are shut-ins a lot of times we have people who will go to their own mass and then come home and (laughs) partake of our Mass, or at least watch uh, our homilies or or listen to to our homilies. And so we'll be streaming it on on the Facebook page as well. But um, we do want you here. We absolutely do want you here. Uh, The critique that we've been given is like, oh, yeah, I thought this was a church for everyone. How can this be an invite only? Like, well, it'd be irresponsible. It'd be irresponsible for us to just say to everybody, come. There'd be fistfights. It would be chaos. 
Uh, <laughs> there'd be blood spilled in the street Aww. as people are trying to pour into the new St. Isidore's. And so yeah. I'm going to make a stand and I'm going to say, no, we do not want blood to be spilled in the streets. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. but, but there's going to be plenty of opportunities for people to come and to encounter the beauty of this place yeah. and have their faith built up so that they can, too, go out into the world and, and build the church. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so beautiful. And, you know, maybe you can find someplace else on campus where they where they can come and and watch it on the screen. Not the same, but still be in community and in support. And and, uh, you know, maybe maybe that's an option, especially for all the students that have been kneeling. We are currently <laughs> weighing many of our options. I, yeah. yeah, I love what you're saying. We are currently weighing many of our options. And, and who knows, maybe even over in our, our hall, we can stream it for a lot. Of, we'll see. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. Yeah, I know but, it's gosh, uh, it's a worried. whole lot. It's I don't even know how you decide, right? How do you decide something like that? There's there's a lot of, of tough decisions to be made. Somebody said, Well what about your mom and dad, Hammerschmidt, you gonna invite them? Yeah. Like, well we'll see how nice they are to me over these next couple months. <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, man. I would not want that job, I'm telling you. You know, it's probably been you know, it's been a chore but it's been a joy to to uh to build it, I'm sure, you know, there's, it's been, you know, probably, you know, many, many challenges with there, but also joy, but I can't find any joy in trying to decide who gets to come and who doesn't. That's just, <laughs> that, that, I, that's a rough one. Well, it's, it's, you know, people are merciful and people are good. Yes. People are good. Yes. yes. And uh, people understand. And yeah. so they've been, they've reached out, they've been generous to me as I've tried to explain how this is such a difficult decision. And yeah. so, Again, it's it's humbling because of the goodness yes. of, of people and the way in which they support me in having to make these kinds of decisions. Yes, excellent, excellent. Almighty God, we ask that you send your blessing down upon these, your sons and your daughters, and that you allow them to know of your great love and that you fill them with every consolation. We pray all of this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 God bless you all. Thanks for tuning in to Double-Edged Sword, Cutting to the Heart of a Deceptive Culture. This year, we are focusing on Mother Angelica, so we will end this show with one of her quotes. This one is titled, The Eucharist. Every time I receive the Eucharist, it is more God in me. The Lord himself said, If you do not eat the flesh of the Son of Man, you will not have life in you. Your capacity to receive grace grows each time you accept his body and blood. If you give God a pint jar, you can't expect him to put the ocean in it. The Eucharist broadens your ability to receive grace. Thank you, Mother Angelica. Please pray for us. You're listening to the network of stations of Divine Mercy Radio. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts.